A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today, we're looking at the lure of impossible races. Uh, have you ever taken part in a challenge that you think is impossible when you start it off? I think that most races, when you're getting ready to do one, seem impossible. I know we're going to talk about the Barclay Marathons in a bit with Damien, and, and, and that's, you know, the, the very much like the, the tip of the big ultra iceberg of like incredibly impossible things to do. But mm. I think that's the great thing about running is that it just sometimes it seems impossible, but you still go ahead and do it. And I think that's, that's like, that, that, that transcends all distances perhaps from 5k all the way through to these big, big ultras that are just like, well, I wasn't able to do it before and now I can, or, you know, it's that sort of that it is always mm. a possible, it is possibly impossible. So I think that's sometimes why running into that. But to answer your question, I think, um, I think wings for life was probably the one that was the most, sort of seemingly impossible because it's based on just running for as far as you can whereas most races you get it's and that's probably a mindset thing that's not really anything to do with ability or things like that but it's more uh, there isn't a finish line until you're caught it's very and it just it immediately feels different like there's more pressure yeah and it it just suddenly becomes like i don't want to get caught oh wow i don't want to get caught i need to go right uh but i've got to manage this effort because i want to go further but not fast oh god this is impossible <laughs> i'm gonna get caught and then you know that's and i that was the one yeah. race which i did which i was a bit like wow i was also in japan so i was pretty lucky like that was so it's, it, it, it was it was it was a pretty bizarre experience yeah. <laughs> in general so um yeah that did feel quite impossible i would say but i did it and you know what about you jane um i don't know i was when i was thinking about this at first i thought i remembered i think i must have been about 16 or 17 and i signed up for my first 10k and my my dad's been a runner forever and he um he hates the 10k distance he hates it he says a 5k is fine but a 10k is just horrible he said what distance is it as you get into it and he just hates 10ks so I remember thinking <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be impossible like what am I doing why have I signed up for a 10k and he was just so like oh it's a horrible distance and it felt really impossible I remember feeling I remember st- standing there thinking oh I can't do it then because he doesn't like it and he obviously could do it he just didn't like it he doesn't like the distance we'll have to get him on to find more out more I can't have not really explained it well he just doesn't like 10ks um and that felt impossible and I think I don't know thinking back now I I kind of I almost like I like that story because I'm like oh it's not it's nice to remember a time when you know for for some of our listeners that will feel impossible and you you know with the right training you get there and I agree with what Ben says that 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 day you sign up 
the race feels impossible and I think that's the joy of training isn't it that gradually week by week hopefully it stops feeling as impossible um but then more exciting is probably doing it wasn't a race it was like a a run in Utah on the salt flats where it was very I think I've spoken about it on the podcast where it was very like run for as far as your mind wants you to run and for me I was like oh I'll just do like 10 minutes then yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think I ran for about an hour and a half and then it was just this weird constant like there's no markers there's no one telling me to stop there's no no one really around me like you're you're just you don't really know what pace to run you're just running and it sounds similar to Ben's kind of race that it's I think sometimes it's my for me I need structure I need someone to tell me how fast to run I need to see other people I need to see mile markers and when you just say oh just go for a run I found that really mentally confusing and challenging so that kind of feel, felt a bit impossible while I was doing it what about you Rick me and my best mate George signed up for um just really off the back of like reading mainly reading born to run you know where this is going right so we were like oh great yeah we're all born to run we'll, we'll have a go at the north you were we were both barefoot <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah and we signed up for the this is the north downs 50s and we'd never done a we hadn't done a marathon before this i, I think we did one 10k or something so it was, a, it was a massive pun and it wasn't it really wasn't how you ought to go about things and um i think we did a couple of remember doing the course over two two different times so doing 25 miles and then going home and then doing 25 miles and both times it was like couldn't have done another step so I remember getting to that start line I think I was with my mum because I'm really cool um she drove me there and uh I was like I don't really would give myself like 50 percent chance of finishing this like and, that, and that's not just sort of like that wasn't sort of um sort of false modesty that was just like honestly I reckon I've got like a 50 percent chance of <laughs> I've completed it and it but it does give you I tell you it really it's a great motivator I think if you if you think it's something's really at the limit of what you can do like that little like a bit of fear I think actually oh yeah it's actually really motivating and um so I think as you say yeah when, when you kind of start these challenges off if it has a little bit of that for you if it feels like very much at the far end of what you're capable of I think that's a good thing yeah I'm doing the the London triathlon and that feels a bit impossible at the moment because I, I don't like riding my bike that much right yeah I think I'll be all right on, I think I'll be all right on the swim I've, I hope I'll be all right on the run yeah. <laughs> it's still a 10k so's dad but the <laughs> the swim I'm the, well the swim I'll be fine it's just the bike bit I'm like oh but I think but that's good Jane isn't it yeah because you're going into that kind of out of your comfort zone which is kind of like what where real challenges lie yeah that's why I signed up to, for it because I was like I don't know if I want to run an, well I signed up for it when the world was normal obviously and I was like I don't know if I want to do another marathon just now so let me do something that feels a bit a bit different a bit scary and it kind of still does I haven't really had a chance to train properly yet because of lockdown but at the moment it's still on so I better get swimming and cycling little bit of fear that's what you need so we're going to talk about the the Barclay Marathon with with Damien in um in a minute because that probably is the most impossible race for I was, I was doing a little bit of googling and um I think since 1984 is when it started there's only been 15 um finishers or 15 times people have finished and a few people have finished twice but um yeah I mean right it's it's not good odds if you're on that start line for your chances of finishing it's really not but this is, you know, I think this is what people want. You know, there's always the, there's always the there's always the next biggest thing. There's the next bigger thing, and I think that once you've gone through 
you know, you've done your marathons and you then you do your first ultra and then you do this and then you do this and then you're amongst like a, you know, you're, you're amongst company of the same people who've got the same, oh, you know, oh, marathons, no way, I do 100 miles now but, and you're, you're on and you're through and you're through and then you're just going to get to the point where you need a race that is really impossible to finish just to stop, just to stem the tide of people going, what, what's, what's, what can I, what's the next the next big thing you know and obviously there's like multi-day stuff that's like probably bigger and harder really like you know running across america or something like that you know where you get these 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 things but for like a one-off one big effort thing there still needs to be that there needs to be that benchmark of just being like this is not the likelihood of me doing this is slim to none and that's that's important yeah and that's this race isn't it for most people you know it's kind of um yeah, like you say, it's 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 as close to being impossible as you can get within. I guess I mean you're kind of saying this, but not you. Like you can always make things harder. So you could say the well, look the Barkley. I'd really like everyone to hop it. Could everyone hop rather than run? That make it harder. <laughs> yeah. And if you could hold your breath as well while you're doing it, like you can take these things to the point of ridiculousness, can't you? Can you can you you did some googling? Give us some statage about the about the Barclays. Yeah. Okay. I've done some googling and. Um, yeah, so Barclay Marathon proved impossible again this year. Um, so no one finished again. I, th- I think that's the three years in a row now they haven't um, finished. It's essentially 100 miles uh, held uh, each March in Frozen State Head Park in Tennessee and consists of five laps, uh, which must be completed within 60 hours. And there were various cutoff times after each lap as well. Um, it is the brainchild of Gary Lazarus Lake Cantrell, uh, and he came up with the idea uh, upon hearing in 1977 about the escape of James Earl Ray, who was the assassin of Martin Luther King, who was being held um, in the nearby Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. And uh, Ray covered a mere eight miles in 55 hours um, before being recaptured. So I think uh, Lazarus Lake was like 55, a- 55 hours and you, car- and you covered eight miles. It's not particularly it's not particularly quick. He felt like he could have covered 100 miles in that time. So that is where he came up with the race and said, right, in the 60 hours can you cover 100 miles in this same really brutal landscape yeah and since 1986 uh, it's been completed 18 times by 15 different runners but most years no one finishes at all i like that there's kind of no it was just like oh i could do 100 it's literally like me saying <laughs> oh rick i could do 100 laps of clapham common in 10 minutes and you've been like okay bring it on and yeah it's just like there's no <laughs> <Yeah>. science here <laughs> there's literally no yeah. science <laughs> yeah you're right it's kind of like uh yeah it's just kind of whimsy isn't it like oh i probably could do 100 miles there that's what it'll be then yeah but i could do 100 okay yeah let's make that a race but it doesn't he start it by lighting a cigarette or something it's all very like bizarre and that, yeah of... that's right yeah yeah he blows a conch when people don't finish um that's it. Uh, and you, you, when you tap out, which is, you know, when you, when you, you, I think if you finish a loop and you're like, I am done, you just tap out, right? And then you're, that you're not, you're out of the yeah. race and the, the conch is blown. And yeah, it's quite sort of um, Lord of the Fliesy, I think, you know. Yeah, that's really true, um, mate. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite, so that's, I think that's what makes it so brilliant is it's just a bit weird. Um, and it's, there's no sort of like standard issues, pick up your numbers at the expo um that, that doesn't yeah, happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's good it's uh you know it's, it's a bit weird and it's really really hard yeah well should we get um should we get damien on then yeah perfect guest of the week here in the studio guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete could be a physio or a complete obviously the barclay claimed another victory this year um it feels like a race that sort of transcended 
running a bit. I think a lot of people are talking about the race um, much more than maybe five years ago, and it seems to really captured the public imagination. This kind of seemingly impossible race. So I think like someone like yourself, Damien, who hasn't done the Barclay yet, but maybe you're sort of thinking about it. Maybe you're thinking about it. Um, be interesting to know kind of get an insight into the mind of the ultra run and what what it is about these seemingly impossible challenges that um has a certain allure so if we could start there i mean why do you think a race like this a race with no prize money you know very little chance of success has now become one of the most oversubscribed races in the world of running what is it about um what's wrong with us as runners that we're kind of that we're drawn to this sort of um preposterously difficult um race format like the barclay yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fascinating question, or it is to me at least. Um, and you, yeah, t- to be fair, you tipped me off a little bit earlier, saying saying this is what we're going to be talking about. Hopefully, giving me enough time to come out with some profound and witty uh, answer to that, which which I'm going to totally fail. Well, that's why we've invited you on, Damien. Yeah, we've invited you on for that reason. I'm possibly going to disappoint <laughs> you uh, as usual. Um, I guess, but what I um. I, I, if I can do a horribly, horribly clunky book plug here, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've got a book coming out called um, In It for the Long Run coming out in May. And it, and it did force me to look back at my, my um, oh, to use another horrible word, my journey in, in running and ultra running, which is only, um, only 10 years old, really. Um, but I remember those first two or three years, I was just fascinated by what, what was possible, I suppose. So I did my first first ultra and and and, and thought, wow, that was that was possible. And then straight away you think, what, well, what? Maybe I could go a bit further, and then a bit further. And then I was doing my first hundred k and first hundred miles and doing the spine race. And I suppose I realised, and that sort of maxed out at um, around the southwest coast path, uh, which is six hundred and thirty miles, which sort of took me eleven days. But even then, I realised if my mind had been prepared for more, had wanted to carry on. I could have done, you know, people run across America, run around the world. Um, I think the, the mental side of it is is the huge, the huge fascination, the huge area to explore. Because if mentally we, we're willing to go on, we want to go on, we're planning to go on, then we, in most circumstances, we can in in some way, you know, even if we need to be a bit patched up and and so on. Um, and I think the Barclay is is probably a natural progression of well, it's not it's not a natural progression, is it? Because it's so different to many other races, but it's it fits in that you know you've you've run 100 miles so 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 we know that's possible we've done other long tough races so it naturally attracts people um who have done tough things and and are just intrigued as to whether they can do this extraordinary puzzle um of course it, it's clever that it keeps such a aura of mystery around it obviously there's no website to go to to sign up um it's quite difficult to get into from what i'm from what i've been told um so that adds some mystery um thinking about it in more general terms um and this is going to sound pretty i think this is going to sound really naff i'm trying to think of a better way to say this but i was trying to think about why i've loved ultra running so much and i think some of it is because in sort of western world or at least my life it's quite predictable and safe um you know and and there's something to be said for that it's quite nice to feel safe um but sometimes maybe we're you know week by week for me maybe there's a little bit too much predictability and safeness and these challenges they're not well i'd say most ultra races or most running races aren't properly dangerous but this one kind of is because there's no <laughs> there's no safety team whatsoever there's no tracking um so i it seems like quite a lot quite a few people want to put themselves into a, a situation where not necessarily risk but but there'll be fear and doubt 
and tears um, and, and but hopefully triumph and just all the emotions, I suppose. And, and the Barclay Marathons is possibly, well, it, it is the hardest race that I've ever heard of. Um, and it, it definitely grabs, grabs, you know, the followers as well. What I love when it's on is everyone's obsessed with following it, but there's almost nothing to follow. Um, there's no, yeah, there's no tracking. And I just before we came on, I checked the best source of following it, as, as some people will have learned, is, a, is someone on Twitter called Keith Dunn. Um, and he has 38,000 followers now. Um, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's 99% because of the Barclay. Um, so there's, yeah, there's certainly a lot of interest in it. It's it's amazing. His, his account, I mean, it's, it's very like, he's not doing it a lot with the tweets either they're very kind of matter of fact aren't they he's got short tweets about the Barclay and it's like 38,000 followers just Keith Keith Dunn he's the man he's there he's he's on the he's got the kind of front row ticket so uh fair play to him he's kind of cornered the market for um for the listeners out there who haven't read the in-depth um breakdown on runner's world or um watch the youtube documentary how do you get in like what what's what's the kind how do you get into this race and how did it start and can you give us a bit more like of a back background on the barclay <laughs> well the, the, both of those are yeah the, especially how it started is a wonderful story um um there, there, there was a prison in in the in that national park in, in tennessee um uh, frozen 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 head oh, frozen head state yeah. national yes yes and um someone escaped uh one time um and in oh i might have to dash the wikipedia page but in in basically the time he escaped um he didn't get very far at all um it, like a shockingly slow distance you'll catch me on the hop here i'm just desperately scanning the page to see if i can see how far it was but he didn't get very far the terrain is is very steep and muddy and and lots of undergrowth and these spiky briars um and they presumably he probably got lost and went around in circles a fair bit so it's just really challenging terrain and this year especially we're reminded it can be easily be very foggy at this time of year um so it could be all those things and then um a guy called uh, gary cantrell or lazarus lake as he prefers um he sort of saw this on the news and, and he was an ultra runner and, and he said to his mates kind of like, really, is that all he, is that as far as he could get? So he started dreaming up this idea of, um, yeah, of, of putting on a race to see if people could get further in a certain time uh, and dreaming up this loop, which is, you know, to- still totally unmarked. Um, uh, and and I, I think one of the things people love about the book is to prove you've been to certain, sorry, the, the race, to prove you've been to certain points, you have to find books which are hidden sort of under rocks and in trees. Um <laughs> And yeah, no course markings, very little help. Um, no help is coming. I think is one of the um, one of the mantras people like. Um, <laughs> but as to how do you get into it? Yeah, that's that's another mystery. You know, the whole challenge starts there. So it is, it is definitely a mental challenge as well. Um, there's no website. There there is John Kelly, who's the most recent finisher, my old buddy over in uh, over in the next county uh, in Somerset. Um, he is the most recent finisher. Um, he does have a blog which gives you one or two clues or hints that you could pursue. Um, but ultimately, yeah, most people don't know. Most people don't know how to get in. Do you think that it's simply too hard? I mean, I, I think that, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it is. I think it's really important that within all spheres of sport, be it running or anything else, there needs to be the ever, the, the, the ever boundary changing hardness of things need to be there because otherwise it just becomes, you know, bit boring but you know is it is it going to get to a point where it's simply too hard and that no one ever finishing it ever is ever just going to be like oh come on 
<laughs> another year no, yeah. no finishes still yeah well i think is that this is the third year isn't it without a without a finisher um uh what what lazarus lake does apparently is every time someone finishes he makes it a tiny bit harder for the next year uh but we don't know what <laughs> a tiny bit harder means to him that that might mean yeah. quite a lot harder i mean that's totally up to him really i think you know he might make it a tiny bit easier next time but he might not um and then like a lot of these things the weather is a huge thing um i think some of seasoned barclay observers when they saw how foggy it was going to be this year they they kind of quite early on said no no one's going to finish and no one no one finished the third loop this year right no it's, isn't it the worst year um mm. for a long time in terms right. of yeah. finishers yeah um although there was a smaller field because of because of lockdowns and so on and not many international runners could get there um but yeah no it's good to have it there because well it's haunted me for a while because when i'm lucky enough to, to do interviews and stuff people always go yeah yeah kind of well done what on what you just did but are oh, you going to do barclay so <laughs> it, it is seen as <laughs> it yeah, is seen yeah. as this yeah uh, the holy grail of, of kind of the most impossible things you can do um and it almost feels like most people who are on the start line, most of them seem to sometimes have the mindset of, well, I'll aim for a, I'll aim for a fun run or, or at least one or two laps would be good. Like even these super tough people who get to the start line, um, possibly quite a few of them don't think they can do it either. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's great to have around, isn't it? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. Um, I guess the, the other side of that, if I was putting my health and safety hat on here, Uh-oh. do you think there's anything <laughs> about these uh, sort of impossible challenges that's that's irresponsible? I mean, is there a worry that one year someone could push themselves you know, too far in pursuit of of the impossible and uh, you know, and could end up you know, being seriously hurt as a result of races in, in this kind of format? That, yeah, it's, that's an intriguing one. Um... I mean, I'm pretty sure when you, I'm guessing, you know, when you sign up, you, you especially at being in America, I'm, I'm pretty certain you probably have to sign something saying, you know, it's not anyone else's fault but yours. Um, and and I'm guessing they they vet people who who enter to see that they've got some some credentials. But it's still, yeah, I mean, I've done the spine race a couple of times, and even when I was 
Yeah, uh, turn into a, a you know a total zombie in the snow in the middle of the night. Um, you know, falling asleep on my feet. I did know that I had a tracker on me, um, and I could press a button on it. I'd be out of the race, but I would someone would at some point come and find me and, and sort of rescue me. I did know that. And in the Barclays, there isn't <laughs> there isn't that. Um, probably people don't know where you are at all. So um, is that good or bad? I I think it's probably a better world if we do have some things like that I suppose but but I guess just you know I, I can't imagine that many people who sign up well actually I'm going to backtrack on that apparently each year they have a sacrificial lamb they have someone who's unofficially the you know unofficially not well qualified for it um and they sort of chuckle at them behind their behind their back I think and they use they rarely they rarely get a whole loop that's so horrible <laughs> Would that be like they put me on the start line and like, hello? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, it basically says, yeah, someone who has absolutely no business in being there, you, you, you get the sacrificial lamb um, place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's sort of, I mean, it's that kind of, it's a, it's a sort of dark humour to the Barclay, isn't it? It's that kind of running <laughs> Yeah, because it. some often the books, the books that you have to find are often called things like, I don't know, Three Days in Hell or Lost in the Woods and... Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, I'd call that dark humour. Yeah, that poor person <laughs> getting mocked by do all the other runners know as well? Is it like everyone but them? No, they don't. I don't think they do. I don't think they do until afterwards. I'm all for it. I don't think it's. I think that that's, um, you know, the, the, it's the, the responsibility of someone to to do something, and you know, they know the risks and all those sorts of things. I think that there's a lot of there's enough, not to be like I'm not. I'm not in any way against any form of health and safety. I think it's very important. <laughs> but <laughs> I also think that people should be able to go and put their lives at risk, I guess, if they want to do an insane race. It's kind of up to them, isn't it? Yeah, and, and partly why I'm so in love with ultra running is that there are so many, just like the spine race, there are so many adventures you can have that are pretty safe. So, so you can really push yourself in a sort of almost mental, emotional way and physical way. But really, if you really overstep it, you know, and you misjudge things, then then you are looked after. Um, so there is lots of things you can do. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, Ben, definitely. Have you ever entered a race or taken part in a challenge that you thought at the time on the start line it would be impossible to finish? Oh, good question. I, I guess the first time I signed up for the spine, the spine race, which for those who don't know is 260-odd miles um, going up the Pennines in England in, in, in January, um, I guess I thought, no, I've got... The, if I thought I thought it was possible, but but unlikely, I suppose. There's a chance, but it but the odds are against me, and that was really appealing. That was really exciting. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I think that's a wonderful place to put yourself in, in the running, in 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 running. Like, I don't, you know, like when, when we've all done. I don't know if we've all done marathons, but when you do a, lo- a long distance for the first time, even a half marathon, you stand there and you don't know if you can do it. So it's all relative. Even that first park run for some people, I don't know if I can run 5K. I'm going to try, though. Um, I mean, that's that's a wonderful place to be, I think. I think that's it. I think that the, the the sort of the chat that we're having now about these races, which are basically that sensation on steroids, but running, but 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 running is it has that for everyone. Like you tow the the start line of any race, and you know you've you've probably done all the you know the right training that you think you should do, and you've done all the bits and pieces, but there's so much good luck based with a good race and there's so much stuff that can go wrong. And it's like, it's actually that probably the main appeal of any race is really that sense of like, it could all come undone. It, it's not always possible that this will be 
the thing that happens. And I think that obviously when you get to the start line of a hundred mile or, you know, something crazy like bad water or I don't know, anything that's sort of like at the extreme of any of these situations, that risk of impossible becomes much more, you know, obvious. But I think that that's the great thing about running is it's not always a given that it will happen. Yeah, I've ta- I've heard um, Lazarus Lake talk about the Barkley and he thinks that perhaps even those those races you're talking about Ben where you think um can I do it can I can I make it if you actually look at what the finishing rates are of those races often they're they're in you know 75% plus the amount of people finish or or even like something that has loads of that kind of chat like tough guy events you know it's like a 95% finishing rate and he says actually those things your chance of finishing you're actually extremely high with those things that's not actually in his his way like in his mind a proper challenge whereas the Barclays actually look at the finishing rate all right you've got like a five percent chance this, this is a proper challenge you probably won't be able to do it but in attempting to do it you're going to find out something about yourself that you possibly didn't know and I think that that's quite an appealing narrative with, with the Barclay that he's actually set some like a proper challenge up yeah I guess that might be why it's so why people care so much because you see those pictures of like grown men crying on the floor like yeah. just like wow this is mad <laughs> like that maybe that's why the world seems to be obsessed with this kind of really exclusive tiny race um quite a long way away from where we're all talking yeah i heard another um ultron t- uh, talk about this and, and he wasn't quite as effusive about the Barkley, he, he he thought that actually there was potentially something gimmicky about these races, like the sense that they're so preposterously difficult that they become a little bit daft. And I, I think you could maybe argue the same thing about another race. It's the, is it the Big Dog Backyard Ultra, which is like the last person standing. Do you think that in some ways, yeah, there, there is something slightly gimmicky about these races and actually maybe you'd be better off trying to get a really good time in the UTMB? I mean, you've already done that, David. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a good question. But I mean, could you substitute the word gimmicky for, I don't know, dark humour if we go back there? Like, um, yeah, right. Some of these, um, I must admit, yeah, for now, mostly I prefer doing, I suppose, the big bad races. I, at the moment, I prefer those, but I can see how I would start to get attracted by the more sort of dark humour gimmicky races. Um, yeah. There was one in Britain uh, that you may have heard of, Rick. Uh, it's only happened three or four times, but it was called the Piece of String Race. Um, yeah I've heard of it yeah. and yeah and the whole idea was you know how long is it well how long is a piece of string you sign up for it and you don't know how long it is uh, and one year they even um, they bundled everyone in a minibus after about 10k and drove them to the other side of the country and then let them out again and, and they'd give them like wow. a map for 10 kilometres and then and then another map for 10 kilometres and and it would they were only ever like the Barclay they're always less than 20 people I think Um and it, yeah, it only happened a few t- a few times, but it was just the uncertainty, the, the mental thing of you not knowing: are you running for another two days or another two minutes? You know, and and that's you know that messes with your mind hugely. I mean, that's yeah, uh, that's, that's making the- me feel anxious now, and I'm not even there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, yeah, the last man standing format is is quite popular around the well, popular in very very relative terms. But but there are quite a lot of races like that now around the world now, actually. Um, so it does appeal to some sort of people uh you know or some sort of mindset um it is intriguing i think do you think they're actually finishing finishing these races not just the not just the, the barclay marathons but finishing any of these big races it's not it's not necessarily i mean you you're you i'm asking because you've you've finished some of these and and i guess that's kind of the end goal but maybe it's not like is it is it just getting to the start line is often the major thing and maybe beating everyone else but not finishing i mean it's you know it sort of shifts the 
the parameters of what's a good result, if you see what I mean. Yeah, and I, I and like I alluded to before, I do think with the Barclays sometimes, you know, to do a fun run, which which is three laps, is is really respectable. Um, that sin is having done really well. So I don't even know how many people in the start line think they're gonna think they're gonna finish, and, and understandably because the stats are they're very much against them. Um, but again, I think that could be the same of you know nearly any race. Like for a marathon, some people are there just to complete the distance. Some people are there for a PB. Um, you know, so it, some people want you know yeah different an age age level category. Um, so I I guess you just you pick your challenge. You pick what appeals to you. I, I suppose. Um, I just think that most people who start a marathon would be absolute like you start a marathon you would be gutted if you had to drop out yeah. halfway mm. around. But I think you start the Barclay and you get halfway around you're like number result. One. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like that's kind of there's the difference in the two the two events is that not finishing is is almost like a badge of honor whereas you know a, a dnf in something else isn't quite the same mm. or is that just was that just because i'm i'm viewing it from a point of view of someone who would never ever get near that start line of, a, of something one of these ultras but if you're actually there then you just you're there to finish yeah no it is a bit different and i, I see people you know like john kelly and J- jared campbell who, who's had three finishes but he was there again this year and he was there the previous one as well and didn't finish um and yeah, I look up to them as, as absolute gods, really. But I suppose they're not—they're not finishing. I, I, I guess you'd have to ask them, or um, if I can ever get into the race, maybe have me back in in a year on in a year or two, and I, I, maybe I'll be able to give you um, some insight. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I've got it on good knowledge that that Laz definitely listens to this podcast, <laughs> so I'm sure you'll be getting a message after this. Let me in, Laz, please. Oh, it'd be great to see you doing it. Um... Oh, I think last time you were on, we, we talked very, very briefly about, because there's, there's a good bit of British history with the Barclay. The first ever finisher was a fairly unknown Brit. And I, I've, have you have you done any digging, Damien, without giving everything away? Can you tell us anything about the first the first finisher? <laughs> no, I can't really. I was going <laughs> to... Yeah, we... Um, this probably isn't that fascinating to everyone else, but yeah, but me and you have had a little bit of interest in, in this guy, because um, Mark Williams in 1995... Um, and and he's almost sort of unheard of, although he did have some respectable results elsewhere. But maybe it's just because it's a little while ago now that that most of us don't really know um, that much about it. So I'm intrigued to find out more um, because the next the next time someone finished was 2001, um, and David Horton, the American who finished then, I actually I've heard of him, and I think it was him that came out with the phrase actually, um, uh, "It never always gets worse." Um, which I think is is for ultra running in general, which I, I do use actually as a bit of a mantra in some races. You know, it's it's doesn't it's not necessarily going to get worse from here, um, um, <laughs> which is yeah, if that's as good as it gets. That yeah, that can sum things up quite quite, quite well. <laughs> that's actually the podcast. Um, that's one of the podcast uh, tenets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we need to know more about this Mark Williams guy. I think, and yeah, Definitely. if I ever get into the uh, into the Barclay, I, I I might need to try and find find out where he is and, and get his tips um um if you yeah. get in will you come back on here and tell us how how you got in will you reveal the secret <laughs> i don't know if i'm no, allowed yeah I, I, I don't know i can't promise that i can't promise that um uh, sorry listeners <laughs> i tried i tried i want to find out like do you just get like 
a letter? Like, is it is it something? Do you get a there book? Are, like, how do you find there are clues. out? There are clues scattered around Jane everywhere, like a secret language, like Elvish. You have to, I think, you have to know Elvish to get in as well. Oh, so you have maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a language you learn doing ultramarathons, and Damien's just not telling us. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I can't That's comment. What it is. Can't comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but but it sounds like you would you would be interested in it, Damon in um in having a go if you could if you could kind of decipher the clues and, and get get on the start line you'd be up for it. I I think I, I yes I would I would and and it's partly because so many people <laughs> keep asking me you know I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking I've just run the pen I'm way in one go on the on the fastest no timer oh I'm exhausted but I'm I'm quite satisfied with that and then someone always says what about the Barclay you haven't done the Barclay um yeah. so yeah it is beginning to sort of haunt me so. And Nick, you know, I got a good friend. Nikki Spinks has been out there. Um, she's had a go. A few other friends as well. But yeah, John, John Kelly or ex friend John Kelly. Um, Pavel, <laughs> Pavel Polonce, I know a little bit from the Spine Race. He was out there this year actually. Um, so I've got a few friends. And and what's intriguing as well, almost everyone I know who's been out there wants to go straight back the year after as well, which is intriguing, isn't it? Because you think it must be hellish. Um, but they all want to go back, so I, I, I guess I want to know what it, what it is that makes them want to go back. Because when you see the films and you think that land, you know, the terrain looks horrible. You, you literally go under that old prison. You go under like it's almost like through the drains, like in the water under the prison. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty horrible. Well, no, we look, we look, we look forward to it. Um, Damien, thanks so much for coming on the the podcast and talking about the allure of these races like the Barclay. Um, I think Ben, Jane, and I are hoping to get. One of us could be the sacrificial lamb at some point, can't we? That'd be good. Yeah, Rick, you can take that one. <laughs> yeah, Rick, you've got pedigree. At least you've done something over a marathon distance. So yeah, it's you. Sorry, mate, it's you. I yeah. can't. I can't cope with mind games. I feel a bit ill thinking about it. So I'm out. <laughs> David, that's great. Thanks so much for for your time. No problem. Thanks, guys. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest Damien Hall and to you, of course, for listening. Subscribe to Runners World magazine today and get three issues for just five pounds. Visit her magazines.co.uk slash podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK and click subscribe. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Done. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.